Thank you for joining us for I Be There. And now your host, Brad Barrons. Over to you, Brad. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to IAB There. It is Wednesday, April 15th. Now, today's topic is the results of our latest spend pulse, the coronavirus uh, impact on ad spend. Uh, the coronavirus is the largest disruption to our lifestyles all over the planet in, in over 100 years since the so-called Spanish flu of 1918. Uh, at the Interactive Advertising Bureau, we're looking at it from our own particular lens, but it's also worth uh, indicating that uh, the, where, where, where advertising goes uh, is an interesting indicator for the rest of the economy. So we, uh, we have our parochial concerns, but we also uh, have those concerns which are connected to the broader issues uh, of uh, what's affecting everyone out there. So um, we're going to have questions available Sue Hogan, who is the IAB's SVP of Research, is joining me momentarily. Um, if we can, let's, uh, gang, if we can bring Sue into the stream, I would appreciate it. While we're waiting for her to join us, uh, if you do have questions, please pose them to us on Twitter. That's uh, by using the hashtag, all caps, one word, IAB there. Once again, that's IAB there. Our producers are monitoring Twitter. And while uh, they're doing so, they'll pipe your questions in to us so that we can, uh, can answer them. Uh, Sue Hogan, welcome back to IAB there. Thanks for coming. Hey, Brad. Thanks. So um, we are, uh, we're, we're talking about the second of the two surveys. So tell us about the first survey, uh, when it came out of the field, how fresh the data on the cell side survey is, like what's the difference between the two? Sure. Um, so we deliberately decided that we were going to look at buy and sell separately because spend certainly drives revenue. Uh, we came out with the last survey, which was reported here on IAB there just two weeks ago. Um, that was in field for just one week prior to that, which was launched on April 1. This survey we just took out of field on Tuesday night of last week and analyzed it and are presenting today. We released this morning. And for those of you who are interested in seeing the whole report, you can find it uh, right on the homepage at IAB.com. Sue, you've gotten a lot of interest for this uh, in the press. You had a, a battery of interviews with our president, David Cohen, yesterday. What were the top questions that the, the, the folks over at the press were asking you? Uh, I would say there's probably three areas that they were concentrating on. One would be whether or not um, the news has been as hard hit as they would have expected. Another is whether programmatic is actually on the upswing. Um, there's a lot of spend questions going on right now. And then I guess the last one is, you know, is there an outlook? Are people projecting Q3 and Q4 yet? And yeah, we've got some of those numbers in. Right. And we have some uh, some highlights, sort of a Cliff's Notes version of the report that we're going to be going through uh, today. So um, let's why don't we pull up slide one uh, for the audience at home? And this is uh, let's see this. Tell me, tell us about this slide. This is sure. I think the thing that's really important here is to understand when you're looking at buy to sell. There's two things kind of going on first. One is just to level set everyone. One is that. Um, happily, the, the buy side, uh, which reported two weeks ago, we're seeing the sell side mirror. And so while the, there are differences in the, the numbers in general, 
uh, we do see that there is a a mirroring of the overall attitude and perception of what's going on right now and how the media is uh, being impacted. That's great because it's not a surprise to anyone out there. There's also a lag, right? So if we look at um, buy side to sell side, and I think there's a lag for two reasons. One is that because we chose to do buy side first and then survey the sell side second, there's an automatic timing lag in a period of time where things are changing so quickly. But I also think that there's a lag because the sell side is making the determination on what they're buying and placing. The publishing side and the programmatic side of the business sees that secondarily. And so there's an automatic lag in the way that we conduct business. Um, and I think those numbers are reflected in the, in the survey itself. Awesome. Uh, and uh, let's go on then to, uh, uh, actually, I mean, just the thing I'd like to point out is, gosh, those numbers are close. I mean, we're looking numbers at- Numbers are close, yeah. Uh, um, I, mean, I think too, when, when you look at the way that, um, so the traditional is taking a harder hit. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons for that, David, and I were talking about it yesterday morning, and David Cohen, that is our president, um, it looks really like digital's faster. Um, you're able to make changes more quickly. Um, placements haven't been purchased far in advance all the time. So there's agility just automatically. That said, programmatic's also faster than, than direct publishing. Um, so I think that while the numbers are pretty darn tight, there's a real reason why we're seeing digital revenues less impacted overall than the traditional ones. So let's see, if we had to boil this down, mm -hmm. what do you think, and this is going on to slide two, gang, if we can move over there, what do you think the most important finding is for the people listening at home? Yeah, um, I'm going to say that it, it's news is taking a very, very hard hit. Uh, news is, the fact that news is taking a hard hit, and this is an IAB complete perspective. Um, I know I share it with everyone that, that I report into. Oh, I'm, gonna, um, I'm gonna just ping, it's actually slide number two, which I believe is not the one that you're showing right now. Uh, so news. we're- Oh, yeah, my, this my, be, my mistake, no, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's not, no, no, I'm just, let me let me talk to the gang for a second, which sure. is I believe that this is the number two, uh, it should, the type that is, I think the headline is that publishers two times more likely to have ads blacklisted Right, that that's the, the news one, for? yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. so if we can pull that one up, please. Uh, that's uh, with news publishers at 17% and uh, non-news publishers at 8%. That's the slide I'm hoping to see on the screen. Keep going, please, Sue. We but, do uh, suspect that the 17% may be a light number. Um, it could be just the, the sample size itself. We had 205 respondents to this survey. I think it was 58 of them were, in, were news specific were able to speak to us about what was happening in the news. Um, we are going to try to dig into that a little bit deeper coming in the in the future. But right now, I would say that the news is um, taking a very hard, a harder hit than entertainment publishing, for instance. And that's detrimental. It's detrimental to the news business at large and therefore de detrimental to the public. So the request here, if we could walk away with anything, would be please don't block the news. I mean, this is where the eyeballs are and this is where um, 
folks are are understanding that they're going to see ad supported um, content on on free screen. You know, the screens are not paying for. So, I think it's it's worth digging in a little bit. Uh, earlier this week. Uh, forgive me, there's a slight problem with my microphone. Uh, earlier this week, I had Samantha Ski from She Media on. Uh, she oversees the Blogger Network, which is 2,000 contributors. And one of the things that Sam was saying was that her bloggers have had to get very savvy about doing things like talking about things that are obviously connected to coronavirus without ever using the word coronavirus or COVID-19, because if they do that, then they'll get blocked. And so mm. it's, this is a very, uh, it's a, a, a acutely dynamic back and forth that's happening uh, right there. Um, so then let's, uh, let me signal as well uh, to people out there uh, in the world that if they do want to ask questions of you about the data, they can do so by posting on Twitter with the hashtag uh, IAB there. Um, let's go on to slide number three, which is um, the slide about the differences between programmatic and non-programmatic. What are you seeing here? If we can pull yeah, you know, up. The, the press was really interested in this because I think it, it might have caught some off guard, but it does make sense that there is an uplift or an uptick in programmatic right now. The agility and being able to target the speed of delivery, if you have the creative ready, right? Then you can flip a switch and it's going to, you can bid, you can buy, you can move. And that's fantastic for programmatic. I do think that the publisher buy side is really important to pay attention to right now because we're seeing in the study, if, if, if you folks download it, you'll see that there's a question about um, how publishers, especially you know, direct publishers are dealing with um, issues of, of how to move quickly in this space. They're definitely feeling some pain points in creation of video um, just as our, our uh, creative agency side is feeling. And so what we're starting to see is a true beautiful collaboration between the buy side and the sell side in creating more contextual relevance, in creating new places and spaces and innovative um, kinds of ads that can be placed quickly or not so quickly, depending on, on uh, exactly what they're being asked to do or working toward, but the publisher and the buy side are being very innovative. So on the programmatic side, you've got real speed going on. And on the publisher side, I think you've got some speed, but you've also got a lot of thought. Right. Well, we've been hearing from different precincts, things like, uh, and we saw this in the buy side survey, which is people just don't know what message to be sharing right now. Mm -hmm. And we, it, so there's the, 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 I think, quite justified anxiety around being tone deaf, if you're an advertiser, looking for the right kind of message. Then once you even decide that, one of the questions uh, would then be, will you have the creative? Uh, and, and so being, having to suddenly take stock of every single image that you're, you're putting out there and going, oh gosh, is that, is that the right thing to do? Uh, one industry watcher friend of mine shared with me that the Biden campaign uh, you know, has been using some older creative, which uh, is surprising to some people because it's it's seeing people 
in crowds. Just speaking as an audience member myself, uh, my wife and I watched the morning show uh, on Apple TV Plus, and it was quite startling when we watched an episode a few days ago because there are so many scenes with people in the office, on city streets, shaking <laughs> hands, hugging, uh, kissing each other on, on the cheek. And it's starting to seem like science fiction uh, when, when you see those things. And so I think that what we're seeing with brands is uh, a reticence to jump in. Yeah, there's a there's a definite disconnect between that kind of an ad and what you see if you just look out your window, right? So, and especially if you're in a in an urban setting, um, I think that I, I'm going to plug the next one, the next survey that we're doing. We're literally launching another buy side survey within the next. <laughs> I don't want to actually give you a number, for that, <laughs> um, but I'm going to say within the next twelve hours. Um, I'm hoping it's faster. Uh, and that buy side survey, I looked at it again last night and said, you know what, we need to dig a little bit deeper into what's going on on the messaging front and not just ask kind of a global view of did you, do you, are you kind of putting out more brand focused, mission based, creative, that's uh, causal or feel good sentiment versus a hard sell, right? Um, we're trying to dig deeper into what's going on out there. And when we can expect to see even more of the kind of creative that I think we're just starting to see in the last week and a half, which is what you're referring to. When you dig in on the verticals, uh, I mean, I think that it's, it's pretty obvious that travel's being hard hit. Uh, yeah. The You know, we certainly don't think that people are going to be... Um, uh, acutely vulnerable to uh, advertising pitches by cruise lines for the next, you know, few months. Um, what about, uh, tell us about who's being either not hit as hard or are there any growth areas in either the buy side or the sell side that we're seeing right now? Um, I, I could probably jokingly assume some brands, everybody likes to joke about toilet paper right now, but um, I think that uh, you know, as a whole, uh, when we did the study, we saw that that the publisher side was seeing CPG um, toiletries, for instance, were were at a roughly five percent difference from what was originally planned, and it is a negative number still. I'm not seeing any positive numbers, but I'm seeing really close to no change on pet and pet supply or child. Uh, care products and services. Likewise, entertainment. Entertainment's just in really good shape right now. Gaming is only a 2% decrease. And I would really be surprised if that speed that way. I think that could be an upward swing in the, moving forward. I'm interested in, in this question of uh, how, we won't know until we do the research, but how much are we going to see a change in the buy side results that are coming out or that when we're going into the field versus what will then be a month ago? Because I'm hearing from creative agency friends that they've never been working harder. Not only are they having to figure out how to do all of this in a distributed workforce, but the clients are on them, you know, please, we need the new creative, we need the new creative. So it'll be interesting to see how much of the spend returns kind of unexpectedly uh, whether whether or not the the changes that are longitudinal 
for between the two buy side surveys give us any insight into why those campaigns were paused. Um, we think we know, we think it's about everything from we no longer have stuff to sell, we're selling stuff people can't buy, but the interesting window will be how much of it is about, oh, now that we have the creative, spend can loosen up and go, go forward. So I'll be very curious to see if the results of buy side two confirm, disconfirm, or add depth to what we thought we were seeing in buy side one. We have a question uh, from Drew Hutchinson. And the question is, I don't know if we, I don't have an answer to this. We'll see if you do so. Have we seen news publishers tighten up their category restrictions since COVID-19 hit? Do you have a point of view Category on Category restrictions. No, I haven't heard anything like that, not even anecdotally in the verbatims that we get, the, the um, open-ended questions where people can actually give us some, some paragraph responses. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. I just haven't heard that. Okay. Uh, we have heard... I think it was Hazel Baker from Reuters was talking about how, you know, there's a tremendous amount of lifestyle uh, uh, news content around coronavirus that's not necessarily depressing. Uh, and, you know, it's about things to do with your kids, uh, you know, ways of canning or, you know, whatever it might be. And so there's also this sense of nuance, which is that not all coronavirus news stories are cut from the same cloth. And, right. and so to Mr. Hutchinson's uh, question, if it is a Mr. rather than a Ms., uh, the, um, it'll be, it would be interesting not only to see if the category restrictions are being loosened or right. tightened, but also, uh, are we just getting that level of nuance? Now we have one more slide, although I'm honestly, I must say, I'm not sure which one it is. It's, um, it's a slide that's gonna show us a little bit of a silver lining. Okay. What's, can you, uh, let's pop, pop this one up. And once again, uh, for those of you who have questions, um, IAB there, all caps, one word on Twitter. So can we pop up the last slide, please? In the meantime, I can tell you, um, we did ask about Q3 and Q4 being a uh, projection. Um, we asked it on the buy side a few weeks back. We asked it on the sell side that came out of field on Tuesday. Uh, we do see a slightly rosier picture as we expect to see from the sell side, um, especially because of the lag I mentioned earlier. But um, for sure, I think that that while there's a good percentage, at least 75% uh, roughly of folks who are reticent to project Q3 and Q4 yet, of those who did, they are definitely seeing a, a better, I'm not gonna call it a complete rebound, but a better, much better picture for the second half with Q3 um, being a slower movement into a pretty good Q4. So by right, the so end of all of this, I'm hoping that we, we are probably only off um, around 20%, 30% tops. But I think honestly, it's early days still. We don't know when this is going to end. And that is why we're only seeing 25 to 30% of folks respond to that question. So just to, to let me recapitulate that to make sure I understand. A very relatively slim margin of people answered the question about whether they were confident making predictions about the back half of the year and specifically the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Of those that were willing to make predictions, 
those predictions are, re are uh, relatively optimistic. Let's pull, we've got the slide up, let's, we can talk about it perhaps in more detail. Uh, those who have reforecast expect slight rebounds in the second half. Uh, we have, uh, is that what we're looking at? Is the- That's uh, exactly what we're looking at. So if, okay. you, were look, if you were looking at, um, initially we were showing digital versus traditional media numbers um, and, and you saw numbers in the 30s that were uh, a negative change and, and sometimes even higher 40s, a negative change by channel. Here you're seeing in total a negative 25, negative 24 in Q3 and even less so 12 to 18 um, in Q4. The one place where um, I think the, the sell side is a little less optimistic right now than the buy side. Well, I think the lag that you're talking about simply works in both ways, doesn't it? Which is if, if the sell side lag uh, in terms of impact was felt um, after the buy side uh, decided to uh, start restricting spend or pausing spend, that's not a terribly big surprise. And then likewise, um, if the buy side is thinking that the worst of it will be over by the end of Q3, which I believe is optimistic. Um, but uh, <laughs> if that's the case, uh, then it doesn't surprise me that there would, the lag would still follow. Agreed. Uh, we have a question from Todd Haskell. Uh, would hey. love to know, hello Todd, would love to know if you have any thoughts on the 2% who aren't <laughs> saying they are anticipating decreases versus plant. Who are those lucky people? Okay. That's a, that is a burning question. So Todd, first of all, thank you for actually downloading and reading the entire thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I have to say after looking at by channel, the least hit is really right now uh, in the social and um, social platform space and the search space. So uh, my guess is going to be there. It's an anonymous survey. Um, I do know that social and search answered. I cannot tell you what their answers were. Um, I, I can't tell me what their answers were. It's deliberately anonymous. But my guess is it's probably coming from there. It could um, also be brand slitter toilet paper. We can pull back from the slide, uh, gang, and, and take it back to Sue's face. Uh, uh, and mine. Um, uh, the other hypothesis that I've heard on that 2% was mm. um, uh, online gaming companies. That if we think about our friends at Twitch, uh, which you know we, we can presume that some of the attention that has been, would hitherto have been going to sports or going to in-theater movies or uh, just about anything, um, you know, that some of it is going to be moving over into esports. So if we're seeing, um, uh, you know, 2%, that's still 98% of people saying, uh, you know, their reforecasting is a pretty overwhelming number, but where that 2% might be coming from are, uh, you know, platforms that are actually seeing growth in use. I think that we should probably be seeing growth in use. Uh, actually, I'm not sure how confident, I'm not entirely confident about this. Um, Theoretically, we should be seeing growth in use for, for social, just because people have allegedly more time on their hands. Um, but social, there's been so much with sort of media snacking and people using social between things that, that I'm not sure about that. I think that, that uh, esports, however, is a spot where we, we can probably track growth, not in this survey, but in general. 
Yeah, and here, this is where we're really talking about ad spend, right? So, uh, or ad revenue. So it's not, as we just saw, it's not necessarily the case that where the eyeballs are, the dollar growth is. Um, so it's question mark at 2%, <laughs> wise guy. Um, yeah, it's question mark. So uh, what, one of the things I do want to, to highlight is uh, it's important to us at the IBAB, pardon me, it's important to us at the IAB that we're responsive to the needs of the marketplace. And so for people who are listening to this, who are looking at uh, the research, we, we do want to know what questions uh, you have and whether or not the surveys are answering those questions. Uh, obviously, we have to squeeze a whole bunch of questions into a finite amount of space. Uh, we can't ask as many questions as we would like to, more's the pity. Um, but Sue, for people who have... Uh, feedback who want to say, no, no, what's really important to me is that you ask this, how would they get in touch with you? Research at IAB.com. Okay. Nice um, and easy. Um, and it's at, it's at the end of every uh, one of our, our decks that are on IAB.com. And you also could post questions to us here at IAB there, which is there at IAB.com. So are you getting questions already? I know that we've been out with this. What are you hearing when people are, you know, when queries are floating across the transom? What are people wanting to know next? Yeah, I've gotten a flurry of um, questions around, I'd say two areas. One is, a, a, well, three. One is a dig deeper, please, into what's going on in news. Um, I think there's, and, and I intend to do that with the next uh, survey to some degree. One of them is going to take some work, and that is they've asked about verticals. Can you please tell us what's happening in a particular vertical? Are you seeing growth in a particular vertical? Um, we would have to do a deep dive into specific verticals, and that is up for consideration right now at IAB.com. Um, at IAB.com, at IAB. And then the third area um, is really about video. It's OTT and CTV. Are, are we expecting the growth of OTT and CTV in ad dollars to follow eyeballs? And uh, I sure as heck hope so. Well, except of course that we do have the paradox that right now it's not happening in news, right? We've never seen more attention going to news uh, and yet, uh, you know, monetization is still challenged. That's part of the, the ongoing campaign that we've been doing at the IAB. I, I would nuance the question on streaming a little bit. What I'd love to know is, sure, is ad spend following? But I think the earlier question is, where are those eyeballs going? Are they going to ad-free or ad-optional environments, uh, you know, like Netflix or Amazon Prime Video On Demand? Uh, Hulu would be ad optional, CBL access is ad optional, or are they going to uh, ad supported video on demand? And what are we seeing month over month as the economy, uh, you know, tightens as people are struggling more and more, uh, are they going to be moving away from ad free to, uh, but you have to pay a monthly fee to uh, ad supported but free to access programming? It's going to be yeah. an open question. And we, we are looking at um, when the syndicated data comes out on OTT, CTV, where's video going right now? We are paying attention to that. 
um, and waiting to make a correlation between that and the ad spend up and down in the OTT area. This is something that we are looking at right now. It's just going to take some time to trend it. Right. So as we wind up, what messages do you want us to walk away from with this research? And ask buyers to support the news. I think that's okay. huge. Um, I'm going to say that uh, this too shall pass. We know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We know that advertisers don't feel for the most part that they can go dark for a long period of time. Um, keeping your brand top of mind is important. And if that means changing your messaging to be more uh, sentimental and empathetic and um, supportive right now, I think that is the way to go. Uh, on the other hand, if you've got the kind of brand that needs to be purchased, it's an essential product right now, keep on advertising, folks. All right. Good, uh, good place to end. Sue Hogan, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have you back with the next Buy Side Pulse, which should be in about two weeks. Um, thank you so very much, Sue, thank for joining you. us on IAB There. Um, on tomorrow's IAB There, we are going to welcome Nicole Pangis. She will be in conversation with David Cohen, IAB's new president, uh, talking about uh, the topic is remaining resolute to stay connected, why audiences matter through disruption. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ons, John Ward, Twafika Mahinadin, and Haley Bloom. I'm Editor-in-Chief Brad Behrens. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for joining us. Come back tomorrow because if it's 2 p.m. Eastern on a weekday, you know it's time to IAB There. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Bye-bye.